Welcome along to a very special episode 37 of the second season of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward, uh, back here with Daniel McDonald. And today's show is special because we're announcing the PFAI Team of the Year. Thanks so much to Stephen McGuinness uh, for allowing us to do this. He's obviously um, the second time now on the show this year from, from Stephen. And we're going to have Bastian Erie along as well. And later on, Daniel Kelly and Chris Shields. So we really have a packed show. Daniel and Chris are actually waiting in the background, listening in to uh, what's about to unfold here. And uh, Dan, I think, we, I think we've given some hints on people who might be up for awards here. John. We have, yeah, like, yeah. You didn't, you didn't really sort of master the suspense there, did you? You just sort of said, "No, they're just here. Yeah. They might be here for no other reason." I just saw them outside. They just, uh, <laughs> just brought them in. Yeah, Is that Bastian Eri, I want to come in. Uh, Bastian, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Yeah, how are you keeping? I'm okay. He's a little bit cold, but yeah, right. yeah. He parked in a hotel nearby. He's had a ten-minute walk to get here, yeah. so yeah, he's a bit stressed. It's the first. Uh, it's the first time it's really felt a bit like winter. Actually, it's been so warm. Uh, it was like twenty degrees at the weekend, but finally, do you like playing in the warm weather? I like just to play. I don't. Uh, to be fair, when I play football a match, like I, I like to play under the rain. Mm. That's why I like to play a game. To be fair. And how did you? How did you find winter football in England versus uh, summer football over here? What do you prefer? In England, it's different. You play like through like December, January, February. That's hard time to play football. The pitch are bad. Like it's really cold. And here, to be fair, you're enjoying like through the summer. You know, like you know, you're gonna have a good day out. Like, mm. what are you doing here anyway? What do you mean well, I'm on the show, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen? What is he doing here? Yeah, well, he's one of the. He's had obviously a fantastic season for Waterford, and he's he's in there. He's in the team. He's the in year, the team. So. What we had, we we the first division team was named yesterday. So I will run through that because uh, there'll there'll be complaints if we ignore the first division teams, but they are announced already, so it is well known. But we'll run through the first division team of the year: is Dean Delaney from Shells in goals. Then the back four: we have Connor Kane from Drada, Daniel O'Reilly, Longford, Liam Scales, UCD, and Derek Prendergast from Shells. I think there's three centre-halves there, isn't there? There is, yep. Three yeah. centre-backs. And then midfield, because it's a 4-3-3 with all these teams, Sean Brennan from Drogs, Gary O'Neill, UCD, Dara O'Connor, UCD, and then the three forwards, Davey O'Sullivan, Shells, Dylan Midlade, Longford, and Georgie Kelly, who's in there on the basis of his UCD performances, even though he's, he's now at Dundalk. And then the three candidates for First Division Player of the Year were Georgie Kelly, Dylan Midlade, and Gary O'Neill. So... Yeah, we're hoping to hear the Premier, but well, we are going to hear the Premier Division Team of the Year now. Otherwise, this would be a complete <laughs> yeah. waste of time. And, and can I just say as well that, and we had a lot of Finn Harps fans on yesterday. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. through social media, through email to ourselves, uh, the players vote for this. So uh, that's my favourite part about it. You see, because yeah, like if you, you know the way, like if the press do something dreadfully wrong, it's like well, these idiots that never played the game. <laughs> the players have voted for this. <laughs> the people who played the game have yeah, made this decision. Exactly. So uh, any complaints yeah. directed <laughs> towards <laughs> the actual experts? Yeah. And I've actually spent a bit of time Dan showing you earlier on how the voting process works, and and you've. You've obviously seen it yourself. So it's not that uh, in any way, shape or form that, that there's a panel of people on the side here who select it around the country. Or as you rightly said, there, there's three centre-backs in it. You'd ideally like a left-back, but there wasn't enough votes. The vote on mm. the left-back was obviously split. And we had three centre-backs. But you've been way. going around this year to uh, supervise the voting because yep. there, there have been times in the past where you hear tales of teams getting together and deciding, well, this particular person is a bit of a... Whatever. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we I won't suppose, have them on the team. Yeah, I suppose uh, when you give voting forms, this is what we would do, would have done in the past. So if you give twenty voting forms uh, to the delegate at the club and they get on a coach and the players are going to travel to somewhere, there, there can be a situation where guys will sit around and maybe discuss it and maybe. If I'm talking to Johnny Ward, we saw him say, Johnny, Johnny, I thought he'd done great at right back. What do you think? And maybe his own decision was a little bit influenced. So just what we felt this year was we went to every dressing room. So we spent <laughs> done a good bit of mileage and we went to every single dressing room. And, um, and I think we've got um, 
And just to be clear, players can't just people. I'm sure people are aware, but players can't vote for someone on their own team. Correct. Can Cork players vote for the Dock players? Oh yeah. yeah, they can. Can the dog players vote for car players? <laughs> they can, yeah. Whether they, they do or in not, in theory they can. Yes, in theory they can. But yeah, I, I think what we've got, uh, what I think is Chris very Shields is nodding in the distance. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure at <laughs> which point. <laughs> it, it's it's a very. Uh, I, I think the team does reflect obviously um, the performances of the players this year, which is which is the most important. So we better get get down to actually name it as, as well. Just to congratulate. Bastian also can't remember who he voted for. <laughs> he's got here. He's like, I have no idea I, who he voted. I know he was beside Bastian when he was voting. <laughs> so so at least I know he definitely did. For vote the fifth time, you can't vote for yourself. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to the first division player as well. That was a very good, a very strong team, and and some players left out as well um, because I guess that's just the way it is. Eleven players can only get in. But this, right. this was a tough first. This was a tough Premier Division team. Dan, we we spoke about uh, we were we had a few points weekend, and we were going through what we would have voted for. It was fairly similar, but not. There were a few kind of one or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, starting with the keeper, we'll go through. What Stephen's going to yeah, yeah give I, I, him I, I, sort I, of Eurovision <laughs> moment here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll run through. Um, so in goal, Shane Supple from Bohemians. Uh, right back, Sean Gannon from Dundalk. Uh, Sean McLaughlin from Cork City. Sean Hoare from Dundalk. And Dara Leahy finishes the back four in at left back in midfield. It's Robbie Benson from Dundalk. Chris Shields uh, from Dundalk. And Bastian Healy from Waterford. And in the forwards, um, Patrick Hoban, Rich, or Kieran Sadler and Michael Duffy. So uh, that's it. That's, that's our, your team. That's and then your nominees for the, yeah. the, the two other awards. The, the two other awards um, for... The young player of the year is Daniel Kelly from Bohemians, who's just behind me, um, Jamie McGrath from Dundalk, and Dylan Watts from Shamrock Rovers. And for the player of the year is Michael Duffy from Dundalk, Patrick Hoban from Dundalk, and Chris Shields from Dundalk. And as long as I'm doing this, which is probably over 12 years, the first time I think we've had um, all the nominees from the one club. What does that uh, say, like, in that? It probably shows the dominance of Dundalk this season. Um, how does the Player of the Year nominees, how does that work? Yeah, that's a, on the voting form, it's a separate. Uh, so you have the Team of the Year, which is obviously on the, on the bottom of the voting form, and then there's individual for young player and for, uh, for player of the year. You should yeah. know, like. Yeah. Well, me? No, I know. You I tell should. us to come here, so you should know. Like. Okay, Bastian, right. Back at you. Is it fair that, is it fair that the Johnny three nominees... Johnny does believe he's a player as well. Is it fair <laughs> that the three nominees are Dundalk players? Is that... Do you have any gripe with that? I don't think it's fair, but the way the season went so far, like, it is fair. I don't. I think it should be a rules. They can't, but mm, they've yeah. been the best team so far, so... Who who else would have impressed you in terms of potential player of the year other than those player three? Player of the year? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. Like me, I don't really know um, the names of players because I'm not Irish. Sometimes it's really difficult to yeah. remember the name. That's why I was struggling to yeah. fill up the form. But I don't know. I play like, to be fair, I really like uh, Robbie Benson. Yeah. Mm. And you would have come up against him obviously a lot in the engine room yeah. in midfield. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I, I, Dan, it's just very hard to disagree with those three though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. Do we want to mention profile, a you know, like yeah. yeah I, I Dylan Watts was probably in the shake-up, was he? Was, uh, we spoke uh, maybe yeah. changing clubs kind of mightn't have helped in a way. In that, like, well, there was Dylan Watts for Bowes, and then I had to remember what he was like there. Now he's gone on to Rovers in a different team. I suppose the only thing is Watts didn't play the first couple of weeks of the season as well. Uh, you know, uh, he's been outstanding as the season has progressed for Rovers. Any games I've been at, he's just been excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's important as well, just from from our own point of view, to say the players that were in the mix for this. Mm. Um, defensively, uh, Sean Kavanagh, uh, uh, Shamrock Rovers, just missed out. Derek Pender just missed out. Yeah. Shane Griffin just missed out. Uh, Dane Massey, Brian Gartland. These are guys whose votes were, it, it was quite tight. The defensive one was very tight. The midfield one was, was only really Dylan Watts that was battling to try and get in it. And, and in the forward positions, um, outside of the, the, the three that we've got, 
the likes of Carl Shepard and Daniel Kelly obviously would have been very close to getting in that as well. So they're the players that were in the mix in other positions. And I think Daniel was a bit unlucky because he, he joined Bowes kind of later on and obviously yeah. he was it, outstanding. But yeah, if we had got him over Bray maybe a little bit earlier, it might have been, uh, it might have been a bit different. But yeah. look, it, as you said, he had a huge impact in, in the second half of the season. I, I, I think what's interesting is that, like you say, Kieran Sadler has got into the team even though he probably hasn't been picked by Cork at key points of the season. And I think sometimes with this vote, and you, you may tell me, Stephen, that like players will, will go and sometimes well, they've played against him and they think he's a brilliant player. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a player's job to sit back and assess whether he's played 33 games or 36 games across the season. Exactly. It is unusual that like, for some big games, sadly, he hasn't been picked yet. I think he was comfortably enough into the team as well. He was very he? comfortably, yeah. And, yeah. and I think as well, Dan, when players play for a number of seasons, it's always in the back of your mind what he's done before. I think it's always there. And obviously, what's fresh in your mind is what he's done just against you. Um, and obviously, the timing of this award can be interesting as well. That when players are on form, when the voting forms go out, when we start going around the clubs it's always fresh in people's minds um, how somebody has just done so performance early on in the season See. sometimes does if you play well early on in the season like I remember famously with Keith Fahey he was ringing me um, when he was uh, he eventually went to Birmingham and he was wondering when the forms were going to go out to make sure that he was peaking at the and he was he was playing at the top of the game anyway but yeah. that's the way people I think Richie Tell if you remember f he targeted winning this award um, and there's players out there who target winning the player of the year you look at the record the last three winners of the player of the year have, have, were in the last two international squads mm. that's the profile of the player Sean Maguire and who else? Uh, Shawnee Maguire Daryl uh, Horgan and Richie Tell and you look at the young player of the year of the last uh, ten years the young list is unbelievable no, no, isn't it? nine yeah. have gone to England uh, Wes Houlihan is a winner look I mean you could go through it, 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 it when you pick up these awards and you're nominated for them um, you are the cream of the crop and you tend to, if you're in the young player, the senior player, really go on. And, and, Stephen and, Kenny know. won't be happy that you, you kind of use going to England as a good thing there. After yeah, no, but, but I suppose what I'm saying is, is that's just a matter of fact. Uh, whether whether yeah. players stay here, a matter of fact is that the young player tends to go abroad. Absolutely. I think um, Gary Rogers could feel a little bit hard done by because their defensive record has been outstanding really and... Uh, you know, he's. I think he signed a new contract with Dundalk, and I, I'm a bit with Dan there. I think Sadler will look back in the season and think that he'll probably look back overwhelmingly with frustration at what happened at Cork. Yeah, I think the one probably the difference between these awards, I think, and maybe say stuff that's done by press or even by fans that, like sometimes with the press and the fan stuff, there's a tendency to like go with someone who's really improved or someone who's had a surprise season. Like someone like Robbie Benson probably hasn't had like an amazing season relative to his last couple of years. But I mean, like Bastian has mentioned him first and foremost and like players play against them. They respect them. Whereas sometimes people from outside will say, well, how did he do compared to the previous year? You know, and that, that is a, I find there's always a difference with these awards that players just like, well, no, these are the players that I respect and I play against, you know, and think they are the best players in the league. And I think, I think it's a fair enough team. I, 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 I'm nice to see Sean McLaughlin there because he's a young player who's who's uh, definitely up and coming, obviously been involved on the 21s as well. Because um, I generally did think that Cork might struggle to get a player in. I, and I, I don't mean that in any way other than that. I just wasn't sure... Any Cork player has really had an outstanding season. Yeah, it's a young which enough is, team which as, is well, a bit mad. as well, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, just up will probably be the oldest to say, would he? And yeah. left back as well was a position where you had a lot of candidates. It's, yeah, it's very strong in the League of Ireland at the moment. It is. It's a strong position. Obviously, um, again, the timing of the vote going out and and, and Dara uh, has had a, has had a really really good season. Um, obviously, the the penalty uh, late on the season sometimes that, that highlights your name more um, whether that's a good or a bad thing. But I think he's had, he's had a really was good season. Was it a penalty? Season. Oh, let's not. Um, <laughs> from my point of view, it was. Um, you go to ground in the box. Um, Bastian, did you do you remember the Bose? 
Yeah. Call penalty incident, penalty or no? But I remember, but I couldn't remember the actual action. But I thought it was no penalty for me. Yes. I couldn't remember, to be honest. Like we're not uh, having this debate as, again, as a forward. He's or as a properly as a, enough, it was one of, one of each there. Yeah, as yeah. A, as no, an, for as me, I don't. I don't think it was a penalty, to be honest. Mm. I think it was harsh. Like, um, yeah, I, do, I don't think we can get into that anymore. So, so the awards uh, night, Stephen. Yeah, so the awards night. Um, it's great that the twenty-two players who are up on both uh, both Premier Division team and Fourth Division team will all be in attendance, which is. Which is probably shows you the support that there is for the union, and even when you look at the quality of players that are here today uh, to back the launch of this batting coming up from Waterford, and, and the two boys are here as well. It does show the support that the union has. Um, We're very again, thankful for that as well, and because I, it's yeah, and I, come up from exactly. Waterford and from our point of view, Air Sport are, uh, are broadcasting uh, the awards, which is which is fantastic as well. Um, so to have everybody there from both teams of the year um, and all nominees, it's fantastic, and it shows the support probably that the union has. Um, the only disappointing thing is, is recently um, we've got word back from the FAI that there'll be nobody in, te- in attendance from the FAI. Is this unusual? Uh, it is, yeah, it is. Um, but we've invited everybody from the board of the FAI. Um, How many people is that? And that would be... That's 11. That's 11. Um, and we got correspondence back saying that none of them were available. Um, they're I think, all drawn their pension, are they? I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but, uh, but it's hugely... Yeah. I, I, and the league office as well. There's nobody coming from the league office. I think it's hugely disrespectful uh, to the players. Massively disrespectful. Nobody coming um, from the league, even. No. Um, is it surprising, Stephen? Um, it is, yeah. Because I, I just think, aside from the issues that they may have with the, with the union, the players play week in, week out, um, and deserve the respect of the people who run the game to turn up to an event like this. I have absolutely no issue that people are busy and they've scheduled. I absolutely understand that. But to not have somebody to come and represent the FAI at the event is hugely disrespectful. Now, we're waiting on Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane um, to see whether they're going to be tense, and they have attended in the past. I would hope, and we just spoke about it earlier, that it tends to be that the players who are nominated and, and who pick up awards in the night have found themselves in and around the international squad. Um, I think it shows, it shows the connection. There's more players than ever before have gone from the league and are in and around the international team. Um, I think it, ne- it should have Martin should be there and Roy should be there. That's that's just my opinion. And um, to show the to show the players the respect from the senior international team that you can play in this country and get in the senior international team, um, and it, it's vitally important that we have that. And I'm hugely disappointed today that we got that correspondence back from the FAI that nobody would be in town. There's not one person available to come. Um, I'm disgusted. But this is obviously, I mean, we're not sort of playing detective. It's pretty obvious that it's to do with sort of tensions over the last. Uh, what would you say going back to the, the women's team dispute so we're talking a period of what 18 months two years and you had the situation last winter with the the training camp and, and what happened there and in more recent times then we've had uh, John Delaney and a few other people from the FA have been asked are they willing to meet with you and discuss things with you has there been any progress with regard to these matters at all? Like, are you still waiting for a meeting? Have you had a meeting? Have you had a chat yeah. in the corridors of Abbottstown? Yeah, no, again, we requested, um, requested a meeting after the issue that happened um, to discuss the, this 300,000 fund, and that was torn down, so that, that, uh, there was, it was felt from the FAA and their correspondence back with that, look, um, because you didn't, uh, you weren't willing to engage in it, well, what's the point of talking to you now about it? Which was, again, hugely disappointing response. Um, but I, 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 I don't, I understand that there may be issues, and there's always issues between everybody, right? But the reality of this thing is, is this is about the players that play week in, week out in this league, showing them the respect to turn up on the night 
um, and be part of it. We are all part of the game. Whether the FAI like us or they don't like us, or we like them or don't like them, we still invite them every single year. We have been completely ostracised. We haven't been invited to anything to do with the FAI, and that's fine. That, that's grand. But we won't go the other way. And, and I absolutely think that on a night like this, where we will have the 22 players who are in both teams of the year, along with squads from all over the country, that the FAI can't send one correspondent or one representative to the event. Who just, would have come last year? <clears throat> um, there, there was a board member there last year. Yeah, there was. Okay. Just, just to put on the other foot, is it not really damaging for the league in general um, that this relationship is obviously as frosty as it is? So um, from the perspective of the PFAI, is it incumbent on you guys to really mend this relationship because it's not, it's not helpful? Yeah, I, we have tried, Johnny. Um, we're trying to uh, get into discussions on the collective bargain agreements, which we've been told the FAI I don't want to engage in that because I say it's between employer and employee. Um, we've then gone to the clubs and, and, and tried to discuss it with them. I understand where they are. They're not structured and set up properly to negotiate us on that. So now we're in limbo again. And that's discussions that I've had around all the dressing rooms in the country um, as we've travelled around to try and get a consensus. But I get a feeling from the players that we're getting to a point here. Like, like players have no problem uh, promoting uh, the league, uh, promoting uh, activities of the FAI. Okay, the players who are here today have done it in the past and continue to do it. But there may be a point in the future here where if you're not willing to come and attend an event like this, why should our members then continue then to promote what you're doing? And that's where we're coming to. Because it's just not acceptable to me anymore that you can just snub and, and shun the professional players in this league. It ain't acceptable anymore. So what is a... So, I mean <laughs> what are you hinting at there? Well, well I'm saying the, the players promote the league, the players promote activities of the FAI. So, h- how much longer do we have to keep doing that? They do it for nothing as well. Yeah. They do it for nothing. So, so, so where does this, where, where if the FAI aren't willing to engage with us or aren't willing to attend events like this, why should, why should the players then continue to promote activities of the federation and, acti- and the activities of the league? Why? Bastian, from your perspective, how important is a players' union from your time in England as well? It's really important, you know, I think <coughs> Stephen there helped us a lot, you know, and I think what you just said, I, I agree totally with him, 100%, yeah. Is it disappointing as a player that, you know, you're the the overseers of the league can seemingly not send one person to your awards? Uh, I think, you know, they're not. It's, only, it's not only one person over there, it's probably, I don't know, I don't know how many, mm. just send one, even if it's day 10 minutes, I think just to show up and just show us respect and said like, he's, he's here to support us and we keep going on like for next season and you know like just to carry on going mm. now, I don't want this to take over the, we, the launch we, of this yeah. absolutely no it's because, um, but uh, it's, I suppose it's the main newsworthy point and we welcome the FAI to, to send us an email and just you know explain this from their perspective because there's nobody here obviously from the FAI um, but from my perspective it just seems if I were a player this would piss me off yeah, I think you'll speak to the other two lads as well. And I've spoken to them before we came in. And it, it, look, it, it is what it is. I, I mean, we've got three players up for player of the year who I feel um, should be in around um, the international squad. 100%. The three boys should it be in or around. Um, and that ultimately, we all know that the international team is, is, the, is the driver of the organisation, or of the FAI. I think you should have people there. And, and again, without over, over keep, keep at it. I've said what I've said. That, that's my feeling on it. Um, and... We just have to see what happens. Stephen, as the end of the year approaches, sort of, how are things around the league? I mean, you've been around all the clubs mm. doing this, so you're obviously on top of how things are around, yeah. around the league. I think we spoke previously the time you were on the show and um, about the health of the league. So are we just an update in terms of how things are? Yeah. Because we've had a, a few dramas still this year. Yeah, no, we have. I, I, I think if you look at the two ones, which was obviously Limerick and Bray, I think Bray are in a far better place uh, than, than where they were. Uh, I think the club is in better hands. 
Um, I think the, the club are, are, are speaking in regards to next season. I've spoken to a number of players in regards to building a squad. Um, I think it's a lot more stable. Limerick, uh, the playoff is huge, obviously, for the club. I think there's obviously been issues in the, in the, in, in the courts uh, in regards to the, to the running of the club. So, um, Are they up to date, though, Limerick? In terms yeah, of no, everything's been fine. And, and everything's fine. The stand the players made in both clubs, um, I, I think, set the tone that there wasn't going to be an issue to the end of the season, which has been good. So... We look like we get to the end of the season where everybody's been paid, which is great. Um, I do think the league is in a good place at the moment. I think it needs, obviously, um, better marketing. Uh, it needs all the stuff, and we all know this stuff already. But it just needs, I've said it loads of times, energy around the league. And I think we're going to see, probably by 2020, a, a different model. I think we're, we're all aware of that. Um, and I think, I think the league needs it. I think it needs change. It needs change from the people who run it. Um, it needs a completely different direction. And it needs, it needs radical change for, for me. I think we, we've got stability in it now, but I think it needs, if we really want to push stability it Stability to an extent. like Yeah, stability to a point, right? Licensing is key have, to that. If um, you still have there's very little prize money and there's no TV money, clubs yeah. need to fund themselves with very little uh, attendance money. Yeah. So like there's... There's still three or four clubs that are houses built on sand, really. Like. Yeah, but I think uh, what I said to you about radical, I do think it needs, it, it does need, uh, like up the north, what the north have done, which is a limited company to go run the, run the league with the clubs and the FAI, but it needs the FAI to ensure that it goes guarantor for the league. Uh, I think that's vital. Um, so, look, I, I think if I was a young player coming in, I, I, I would like to see the change that we're trying to implement, which is a minimum amount of professionals, minimum wage. Um, there's lots of criteria in the collective bargain agreement that we've gone to every dress room in the country um, to implement and we're hopeful that the FAI and the clubs will come together and work with us in regards to implementing them and that's look, that's for another day and another show to, to go through what's part of the collective bargain agreement but it's what we, the players expect Bastian, uh, Daniel and Chris what they expect minimum level to be a professional player in this country because if you're 13, 15, 17, 19 you have to aspire to something we have to have something for them to aspire to mm. and Stephen Kenny speaks about it on players going to England I agree but we've got to have a product here where we all buy into it there's a minimal standard and everybody has to reach that and if you can't get up to that minimum standard well then there's no place for you in Premier League football in um, Bastian yeah, what as, have you uh, made yeah, as someone who's sort of coming as an outsider to our league here what's your take on the health of the, the game? Uh, I think it's a good league but like um Steven said, I don't think there's much view of the league. Like, I don't think, even like when I talked to my friend when I came from England to here, when I was a, my friend in France, they said, oh, Ireland, like they didn't know, like, what's the Irish league? And when I come here, I see straight away, like, Gaelic. I didn't know about Gaelic football or early, or if you want to call it soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, and football, that's when, football, and yeah. that's when I understand why, like, really, is not that much view on football in Ireland than what I was expecting. Mm. And in terms of, uh, say, you know, facilities and standards, because you've played in, the say, the lower leagues in England, mm. like how does it compare in that regard in terms of your day-to-day? Uh, to be honest with you, I think uh, the clubs here got very good facilities. I've been to some clubs, like, when they don't have training ground. They go... One day they train here, the other day they train somewhere else. Like This is know. in England, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah in England, yeah. yeah. Some club like this, when I hear... When I was at Limerick or Waterford, or I'm sure like the other club just trained at just one spot all the time. And I think, yeah, I think uh, this league need a lot of more respect than what people do. Like, It's been a good year for Waterford. I mean, actually, Waterford is one place. I think we had Paul Keegan and Dave Webster on before, and they actually love the training facilities there. I think that's oh, one thing. It's that really good. The dressing rooms, I think, yeah. is one of the things that it's everyone everything respects. there, you know, like you go there and you don't have to go nowhere else. It's the gym there training like we got very good it's facilities good. But, but what happens now for Waterford because you've had a very good year you've mm. qualified for Europe pending the 
getting the okay, which there seems to be confidence that that should be okay. Mm-hmm. So, what happens now for what? No, I don't know. You know, I'm saying for next season, and hopefully we're gonna build from this season and carry on going strong the way we did this season. Yeah, that's the plan for me anyway. The way we played this season, that's what the board should have to do. Like just build from this team and add in maybe two, three more players because you don't want to go in Europe and just free away you want to go there and show something you know because you have the components of a team that could do well in Europe for me I think if we take the core of this team and add it maybe four or five players it can be a good team when you keep your place what do you mean <laughs> when you get the new players oh in? 100% man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll fight for it on a, yeah. anyway how much was the Alan Reynolds um, incident um, a problem for the players this year because for it must have been really really strange for your manager you know brings it you is, to a game it is it's frustrating you know but I don't want to talk too much about it because mm. I don't even know what's going on. So, But, but how, how much of an imbalance was it for you guys when you're a manager and you're doing so well and all of a sudden then he has to recover and you have to kind of keep going on as if everything is fine? Like, we fight for him, you know. Like, uh, to be fair, as a team, even with the staff, we are, like, really close together. We are like a family, you know. That's every, very strange. Every day we go in, like, we're just happy, you know. Everyone just see each other. We just... So many different nationalities and everything. I think it's a good mixture. That's why it's like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you, do you live in Waterford? Do you live with a couple of the other players? No, I live on my own. Oh, is that you live on your own? That, that's your yeah. own tra- that's oh. in your contract, right? <laughs> no, like I, do, I live with some people in England and I went, no, nah, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> they said the same. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that weirdo? <laughs> so you live on your own. That's probably a bit unusual for a League of Ireland player. Why? Um, because I guess just to make uh, no, but make I live on my fun. own. But I'm always with the boys and all. Yeah, yeah. But when it's time to sleep or chill, and just you stay where you are, and I go home and chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the the club give you like your own place that accommodation. You, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably pretty unusual, is it? It is. Yeah, no, a lot. But of, a for lot me, of like if you, <laughs> like if you from abroad, I think you need that. If you mm. if you Irish, like the Irish people, like the the lad, like Niall Corbett or Gary Comfort. They live with boys because they can go home every weekend. When you come from abroad on the weekend, you want to be on your own. If your com- family come over, you know, you can't go home every week like they do. So I think you have to have your, your own place. Just on that, I, was, I remember like Chris and Adoran came to Dundalk this year and he'd been on loan and he was in Italy and then he went to Ireland. Then he went back. And um, how, how difficult is it as a professional footballer just being... You don't really know where you're going to end up. You go to a foreign country. You don't know anyone yeah, but there. I was ready for this. When I was in France, I went, I just want to... I wanted to go to England, really. Like, when you're in France, you just want to go to England. Really. Why? I don't know. It's English football, you know, Premier League, you know. Stephen Kenny won't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> just, but after I realised when I come to Ireland, I think England is maybe not the best place to enjoy your football if you Why? fighting in the low league. It's really hard. Like, it's really hard. I had really tough time. Tell us about your clubs. My clubs are, like, when I was in France for a PSG for six years, and I went... Um, PSG? Yeah. Where are they? Paris? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and after, uh, I went to uh, Sheffield Wednesday on the 23, one year. But I just play on the 23, but I learn English, you know, I learn new culture, everything. And after that, I went to Rochdale for two years, and we got promoted from League 2 to League 1. And after that, I went to Carlisle one year, and Accrington six months. And I came to Limerick after that. You mentioned about fighting. Is that just? Is that every player is fighting for the next contract? Is that part of oh, the yeah. environment? I think there? like you know the way you play. Every week you want to show what you can do. Like you know the way we look. This eleven today on the paper, they fight for the contract for next season. Yep. Mm. Uh. I think every player like they give their best because they know. And even the Irish league like it's hard. Like 
because it's only 42 with contract. Me, it was my first time here. And seriously, like, you have to fight because you want something next season. Like, well, Stephen Kenny spoke last, last week, and his point was about Patrick McElhenney and how maybe he struggled in England, who's in the lower leagues, a very technical player. I mean, you would be a technical player. Yeah. Did you feel your style was suited to the English lower leagues? Did you find it difficult there in any way, the way ah, you might want to play? You no, know, I think every player can suit any league if a manager trusts you and gives you the key to enjoy your football. Simple as, like, I think that's what you need as a player. But the thing is, like, you don't know how long you're going to wait to get this or when you're going to get it or whatever. Like, you need someone who trusts you, give you the key to play. And that's how you enjoy your football. But did, you really? find managers, did you find managers who didn't trust you? Was that part of the... For me, uh, it was tough, you know, because I came like from uh, Sheffield Wednesday and uh, when I went to Rochdale at, um, with Keith Hill. And for me, just like, for me, for him personally, I think he did me a favour, you know what I mean? He's not like, oh, I need this guy, so I'm going to say him. For me, he did give me a favour and give me a few games there. Uh, that's where I took it, really, like... Mm. How have you found Al Reynolds' work under then? To be fair, I enjoy so far. You know, I didn't really know much about him, but he trusts his player. You know, if you're here, he will back you up, and you, if you play, you damn mean he trusts you. Like, yeah, I guess Martin Russell was a manager that would have suited you as well. Uh, to be fair, I had good time with him. I think it was sad he left. He left very early when we was not doing that bad last year at Limerick. But you know, that's life anyway. You're happy to stay on for another year anyway. Yeah, I'm happy so far, you know, I had a great season, you know, I enjoy my football again, like, and why not, if you're happy, you're playing, the thing is, like, in football, you have to play, if, like, imagine I go somewhere else and I end up not playing, fighting for my sport again, it's hard, like. Mm. I, I, It's funny, Stephen, actually, I think, you know, I look at the English leagues sometimes, in other leagues, and I despair, if you look at Arsenal, they've no English player or whatever, and you look at Dundalk, they've all Irish players, but I, I think we could do with a few more foreign players in the League of Ireland. As for well. me, I think, yeah. I think we miss a little bit more foreign players. No, yeah. no disrespect, but, like, it's a good mixture. Every country you go is people from everywhere. Like, when I was in England, it was Irish people everywhere, like. I thought, <laughs> sometime I thought I was in Ireland, like. Very few French players have played in the League of Ireland off the top of my head. Um, God, I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah, Damien Dupuis, I remember played for Galway United, yeah. um, but wouldn't be that well known in France. Yeah, I, I think Jenny, no. it's, it's encouraging when you hear Bastian speak about the training facilities at Waterford, and obviously I've been down there two or three times this year. It's fantastic. Like, and where I think that's what we're trying to build here is that Waterford have an unbelievable facility. Yeah. Like, it is where the players feel part of the club because they don't have to go outside to a gym, they don't have to go out for a training pitch and come back. It's very much felt like a community. When I went down to see Bastian early on the season, um, all the kids were in the stand before they were going to do their, their soccer camp at Waterford. And as he comes out, they're all cheering and shouting his name, like, mm. because there's an identity between him and they and they're training together. So, Bastian trained in an area which had a blue sort of uh, foil around it, but the academy kids or the kids who were in the in the summer camp were training within 10 yards of Bastian Hurley and you could see them staring in to see how he controlled the ball and there's a feeling of Waterford down there where they're all in it together and it yeah and, and it just as well on the on the foreigners I could say when Baba's Livingston was at Pat's like the, the height that he generated well, yeah. and in the late 90s ago in night when Don O'Reardon brought over these Bayesian lads you know and um, the place Eric, just Eric went Levine. Eric Levine and Brian Lucas um, uh, and the place just went mad for it and I think it really does it just generates a bit of excitement like yeah. I think we have to have a boat ways as well a, a lot of Irish players go all over the world to play and yeah. it's not something that mm. we would we would stop I mean have to be open to it yeah. yeah and if the players are but good like enough said, and they the, add to the league the, right. the thing is hard to bring people is like I said before is not enough picture from the Irish football for people to come that's yeah it's probably not you a very well known league yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, I'm honest like that's that's why I think 
me as I know like French football I, I know a lot of French players who struggle would like to come here 100% that's mad yeah so would you recommend it in the sense of if you, if you oh if I, if I know someone I would just definitely recommend like to mm. come in Ireland yeah mm. you know Send instead, of, them to go, you instead know, of fighting in a low league in France like third division fourth division and you can play in Europe that's what I mean potentially which that's must me, that must be for you next season me must be that's big. why I came to Ireland when they said you can play Europe I said okay I'll just take the gamble because I never played Europe and I want to do it that's I think I think that, that's one thing that Ireland no Irish, seriously like any yeah. league that has four European places yeah. does have over going to England or whatever for the second oh yeah like I mean it is it is. that was the main mm. thing why I came in Ireland mm. just to, to, to play Europe if I could well yeah. it's striking the, when I was in Cyprus for the Dundalk game in the summer one of the Cypriot lads turned around to me and, and he couldn't believe that there was now I'm not bringing up the details of that game again but this local lad turned around to me and he was like there's 11 Irish players as, as the starting team and he couldn't believe it and you think every year in, in, in Europe uh, you look at the clubs that, we, that our teams play against and there's generally like mixed nationalities in every single team you know mm. you'll, you'll play even some of the teams in the you know Estonia and sort of mm. I think actually Levadia had a sort of a few Ukrainians and there was a few sort of different there was a different mix of sort of nationalities there and I think we have to be open to it obviously I mean Stephen you're here it's very topical I think one of the main reasons probably is the 40-42 contracts I'm because, telling you it is because in uh, the I'm summer honest. Pats were looking for a striker in the summer and a big problem they had they it wanted is. to look outside the league and to tell someone to come in August to, to sign for three months mm. until the end of October mm. you're not even getting like, like January some people yeah. with me, they're going to work next week. Like, You can't be a professional footballer full-time, expect to come back for pre-season like, fit if yeah. you have to work. Yeah. This is yeah. the thing that astonishes Just me as well, Stephen, because if they're not going to fund the league properly, it is difficult for clubs to come up with the money to, to it is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and just to, on Bastian's point, what he just said, I'm leaving here now to go to a, a company where we have just heard 12 of our members, one of them a Waterford player, or two of them Waterford players, because um, they need to have money after the season finishes. And mm. I'm going from here to there now, or after this, um, to do a bit of a launch on it and to speak at it. But Bastian's right. If we're going to attract the best players, and it goes back to the collective bargaining agreement, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? We're looking for extended contracts. We're not looking for more money for players. It's important to remember that. We're looking for it to be extended yeah. out. Okay? And how they... The player then agreeing on the deal, it's up to the player then himself. But a minimum, we have to offer 52 weeks. We What's going to change after 2020? Well, what we would like to see is, is that when the player signs that, for example, if, when our season finishes, the players are out of contract for four weeks, no matter what. Because the windows in other countries don't open until December 1st. They're registered in mm. Ireland till the, till the first week in December. So they can't actually go. So you're actually keeping them in Ireland and not paying them. Dan, Dan, so. Daniel Kelly's just uh, running off there showing that trademark case that he has we're well, going to bring him on very shortly yeah. I think if but you do that you will bring a lot of more players yeah. from anywhere well, if you bring it's the funny I was just saying this to Dan like if you're looking at what Shamrock Rovers, for example, need to do to bridge the gap, they may need a striker or two, and we're like, well, I don't see them in the in the league, so they probably mm. have to go. Well, so Rovers, well, Rovers have gone 52 weeks, though, yeah. so, yeah, but, so but it's just, not an issue. Just in terms that. of bringing in other players, you're looking at like... But like Stephen said, you don't have to give more money. You just have to split the money Across out of 52 weeks. weeks. Yes. Simple. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't know. It's it's hard. P- some point, I think people look at sports people as if they're different. Like, and if if I want to make my living, I want to earn a solid amount of money every week the, of the, and I want to have some like consistency and uh, security. To so go on mm. holidays, even you know, like to, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know like to players, like you know, if man, like example, the fifty-two weeks, and the manager said, "Oh, I want you to come and train uh, in December." They said, "No, I'm not getting paid, so I'm not coming." You know, and mm. if you do fifty-two weeks. 
you can get fitter as well with your team. You'll get stronger because if they bring them a jumper for two weeks in fucking, um, yeah. sorry, in, yeah. f- in, uh, in, yeah. <laughs> in December, yeah. and you come stronger in January, and then you, the league just go better and better. Because you start well, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before you go, uh, any words, Chris Shields in the background, can you close the gap on the dock next season? We'll try our best, you know. Yeah. We'll are they are they that far ahead? So far ahead? Uh, to be fair, they they've been the best team in this season. Like you know, like they they got a really strong team. You know, like I think that's that's what you want to look like for the League of Ireland. You want to the team to close the gap with them. But like that's going through like what we said. If you get fifty two weeks, you get longer training session. Like you know, over the November December, you can train with your team. You get back in January, you're stronger with your team already. You know what's going to happen next, you know? Mm-hmm. I think Waterford, even if you look at the, at the current squad, Bassey mm-hmm. no better than me. I don't think they've got very many players under contract. I might go as far as to say Bassey may be the only player under contract at Waterford. Uh, there may be one other, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So that shows you, if Waterford are trying to bridge a gap to Dundalk, where Chris will probably say it now in a minute, is I think they have probably the 20 players currently now it's gone all back under to where contract. It's gone, they're sort of back where some of our clubs were three or four years ago. Yeah, it's and it's where Dundalk and Cork and probably Shamrock Rovers have got to a level now that they're probably not going to come back, I don't think, really, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. that 40-week yeah. But for Waterford to bridge 42. that gap, well, Bassey and Sane is, oh, yeah. you can't have one or two players under contract at the end of the season and then suddenly then look to try and bring a whole new squad in or new players in or try and retain the ones you've got. You've got to build on it and they have to be minimum offering two and three year contracts so that you can build a squad like what Dundalk have done. Even if they get one year contract, it's 52 weeks. Mm. Yeah. I know, so yeah, yeah. Example, you feel like example, today like the players on 52 weeks, they said, I want you for next season because he's no, he's going to get paid November, December. I said, okay. That seems like, very logical. Back. Yeah, I mean, the clubs will argue they don't have that sort of bottomless mm, bit of money. And yeah. Maybe Waterford have to get the all clear for Europe to be 100% sure they have that money come in, although I think by all accounts they're going to be fine, yeah. I would yeah. suspect. But I would think but, though, that there's a minimum you could do, no matter what. Yeah, I would have minimum so. 10 or 11. And it's, I think it's, un- it's unsatisfactory that yeah. all of the players could be effective. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting, yeah. Bastian's here, to say it from a player who's coming in from abroad, it's very important to hear what they think when they get here. And I've spoken to Bastian obviously a number of times, and you get that feel that if if we can get that gap, we can bring better 100%. players. There's a better continuity. But as like people go, people go on and on about crowds and all that, like the crowds are one thing, but we're chronically over reliant on, on attendances in this country. Like um, you go like you look at say the likes of England now, like the attendances are becoming almost irrelevant. Irish race meetings, it doesn't matter who turns up because there's so much money going in. Otherwise, we need proper money or, coming in. That or good jerseys, John. Or, oh, yeah. oh, i got to get you on that, Bass. Uh, no, we got to get because we have da, to... Da, da, Daniel, our special guest on the show was going to be Bo's second jersey next yeah. season. Um, Dan, I think I think it's appropriate that this jersey sold out, Jess, because Bo's certainly is he sold, sold out. out yeah? it's, it's practically sold out, and Bo's really? have sold out. I think this is... Who's, I think yeah. it's a marketing genius, Bastian, but I'm with you. Uh, I'm not a fan of the jersey. F- no, for me, it's a T-shirt. For yeah. me, you just wear it to go out or like... Exactly. Me, I, no, same It should same. be the fourth kit that they never wear or something like that. But like Bob Marley, he played there once. Like <laughs> He didn't say like, oh, I'll play here because I'm going to have a few joints and I'm going to be on your jersey in 40 <laughs> years' time. Like, do you know well, what I mean? Well, I mean, there's, there's spurious connections. I wouldn't be wor- obsessing too much. Mr. Green that. and Bob yeah, Marley. I'll, What's I'll going on there? Johnny, I'll give you one, right? Uh, yesterday at quarter past 12, I got a WhatsApp message from my 14-year-old son saying, Dad, I want that jersey for Christmas. <laughs> it's, and it's, that it's, it's, is the reality. You're not going to get it. Yeah, well, it. he's playing with Bohemians. <laughs> he's travelled up and down the country to see Daniel <laughs> Kelly play. Uh, my son is a fanatical Bowles supporter. 
uh, Ryan. Within fanatic. within a few hours yesterday, that eight thousand euro, as far as I know, worth of jersey sold. Um, Bastian, thanks a million for coming on, no worries, and um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you in the league next season. Bring over yeah. a few French players. Why not? No, in the summer I'll try like a few players. But I said, listen, in the, the winter even. No, in uh, in June. Oh, okay, I said, like this June. Yeah, so said, when oh, they their okay, season, like finished. what do you think? But I said, don't come because you're gonna come for uh, July, August, September, and it's finished October. I said you're gonna come for four months. And don't get paid for two months, and you can't even play till January. I said, if you come here, you have to come in January, definitely. Thanks, Daniel, for coming on. Yeah. Cheers, Bassi. Uh, now we're joined by Daniel Kelly, um, possibly the fastest player in the league. Would that be fair to say, Dan? <laughs> you wouldn't be far off. Jeez, <laughs> and one of the most confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who, would the, who would the rivals be, actually? Dylan Conley. Dylan Conley. Dylan Conley. Yeah. Oh, Danny yeah. Grant is very quick as well. Danny balls. Grant. Um, I think they've done the testing up on Bowes now on him, and I think, I think it's only one Leinster rugby player quicker, I think. Dan, Dan, uh, Dan, the man beside me. Dan, mm-hmm. Dan did, you that, did you see that? Did you see that? The mascot race the other day. Yeah, Rocky yeah. the Seagull's pretty quick as yeah. well. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> you definitely uh, pick up a contract for next <laughs> season somewhere. And as if kind of buoyed by that, they beat Derry then subsequently with John Sullivan um, fresh from the show. John mm-hmm. Sullivan John fresh from a uh, confident appearance on the show. Got a, actually we got a lot of feedback the last week and uh, himself and Vinnie Perth. Great yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And they, 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 they people enjoyed. John's comments. You actually would have played with John. He was pretty injured pretty much injured, the time yeah, you were there, was there, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's a lovely fella and delighted for him because he was out for a good while and it was a bad injury and he, all the, the stuff that was going on with Bray, I think he had to pay for the operation himself. And then he said to him when, they actually, oh, when, it, when it happened, he said that he'd get back before the end of the season. And mm. The last game he obviously started and then got the goal. How so, have, has life been for you anyway? It's been good, pretty hectic at both. Exciting, yeah, very good. Yeah. It's, uh, it was a, a good move. Stephen looked after me at the time. He obviously, I chat with him and... Uh, Got the got the move the balls and then kicked off straight away. So yeah. so the award you're up for is the is the young player of the year award. Mm-hmm. And just looking at the, the the list of winners, this was looking to get this up earlier. I mean, if I even went back to, I, thought, I mean, it's actually very hard to pick a starting point where a player wasn't a good player. But in 2003 we had Wes Hulhin and Eamon Zaid because it was a double season. Daryl Murphy, Paddy McCourt, then Kevin Deary, Mark Quigley, Niall McGinn, Connor Powell. Uh, and then since 2010, this is the, the list really sort of, we have Sean Williams, Enda Stevens, Chris Forrester, Richie Towell, Daryl Horgan, Brandon Miele, Sean Maguire and Trevor Clark. So, yeah. I mean, there's, in terms of internationals, in terms of players who have done very well in their careers, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a roll call and I assume you're delighted to be up for it with, with McGran and Dylan Watts, three very good players. Yeah, yeah, it's been delighted obviously and... Been t- it's been a good year for myself. I do- I done okay at Bray, and obviously then it got a lot better when I was signed for balls. But uh, delighted, and the two lads obviously deserve their, their chance. So hopefully now we'll win it. But where are you from, Daniel? Uh, Ringsend. From Ringsend, yeah. Rings which End, yeah. is uh, Sean Cavanagh from Ringsend? He yeah, Irishtown basically. Yeah, Sean, Sean yeah, Gannon's yeah. that neck of the woods. Sean Gannon's around the corner. From Actually, me, honourable yeah. mention for Sean Cavanagh. <coughs> I thought he had a good show to be left back. Well, he mentioned yeah, 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 earlier, yeah. Um, but um, yes. Yeah, so so Daniel, you, you you've had a bit of a roundabout route to the league it's not the yes. sort of the traditional route you're the classic late developer mm-hmm. that yeah, you, uh, yeah. you're very new to the league and you were even sort of knocking about Leinster Senior League football yes. with mixed results at first as well yeah I signed for St. Patsy Y for in, I think it was 2015 then I signed for Crumley United I done a year there at the start I was playing week in week out then I got a bit of an injury and then went back to CY played my best football there at CY was in the Leinster squad and we won that 
tournament down in Galway against Munster, Ulster and Connacht. And then Dave Mackey spotted me. He, I think he watched five or six of my games for St. Patsy Y down in Ringsend. Then met up with him and signed me. He, he obviously took me chance, so I obviously have to thank him a lot. I so, so played so to Dave as well. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Like it's it's unusual for someone to come down and watch the games down in Ringsend I'd say for like especially League of Ireland manager you don't they'd normally send someone else but him, for him himself to come down and watch because people look at what happened at Bray and people won't remember stuff like that exactly yeah exactly you, he so brought you into the league e- like. exactly I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for and him and was, so. was it something that was on your mind you know where you're thinking I want to get to the league or I wasn't you even you were in that yeah, level or? I wasn't thinking about it at the time but when it did come about I spoke with my manager and stuff and he was saying he was like like it's it's there for you to to take it now. So I went and took it. He said that if I do wait an extra couple of months, obviously he wanted to keep me with my own team. He said there yeah. will be a better offer, but I was like, I'm not missing the chance. I can't can't miss the chance. So yeah. I just took it straight away. So what, were you studying or doing something? Or I was I was working in an insurance company now, but uh, I was there in I think I started in 2015 as well. So I was there. It's Monday to Friday. It's handy, but now I packed it in there last week was yeah last because day. you might have movement coming right is this um, possibly but uh, I'm a boss player for now so yeah ah, come B- on, Bolton, come on. Bolton's <laughs> been mentioned <laughs> as an option I did actually write the story so yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't say it's rubbish <laughs> is uh, it true <laughs> tell me it's true um, it, it, it could be an option right it's something yeah. that's there's something yeah it could be an option but uh, as I said I'm, I'm loving that ball so I'll see, see where the wind takes me. I think it does show you as well uh, when, when you do look at it that <laughs> um, players like Daniel and Richie Towell and Brandon Melia and Isabel Akinadi who uh, didn't break into teams that the Leinster Senior League now is our reserve league as such. With no under 19, sorry, yes. with no above under 19. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think the Leinster Senior League is playing a far more prominent role and I think the league has, has bettered for it. Uh, and I think uh, Daniel's an example of somebody who has used that, um, that league uh, to continue to play um, and it, the standard has, has really risen. Um, when you see the quality of player in it, like I said to you, for Tell Mele, Akanade to come through in the last couple of years, and now Daniel Kelly, it shows you the, the standard that's in that division. And mm-hmm. it's important, like Shane Supper played in it as well. Like, see, like there's lots of players who've played in it, and it's important mm-hmm. now that we have a, a, a league like that when we don't have a reserve league currently, that players can go and play. It's important. We should probably talk about the, the guy who should have been in the seat that uh, Stephen's sitting in now. I wonder what actually people believe us when we say that Chris Shields was here because we've just <laughs> referenced be a daddy that, <laughs> we've just referenced that he was nodding in the background. But he, the lads can verify you, you. You are sitting next to Chris Shields, right? <laughs> yes. and you can confirm he was there. But, but Chris is a, is a real success story for the league as well. That someone. You know, after what Bray won the playoff, the time that wall collapsed in the game of Monaghan, yeah. like I'd say at that point, if someone had listed like the top 100 players in the league, you might not come into your into their mind. Yeah. And now there's, there was no doubt. I think you know himself and Bastian in terms of votes were oh yeah, we're miles were, miles we're, ahead. We're scooping them yeah. in this and, year. And look, it's not that long ago that Chris Shields was on the training camp for our contract pros up in mm. up in the AOL with us. Like, I mean, it's it's only six or seven years ago that that's where he was, and I suppose it, it gives people uh, and gives players um, that if you have that belief, that drive, that determination to be a player, that you can be a player, and that it, it doesn't. It, 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 if you haven't broken into a league of world team at eighteen, nineteen, or twenty, it's not the end of the world. Like, and players do mature differently. Uh, Daniel's a prime example of it, somebody who's matured a little bit later than others. So people feel that if you're not in the first team of a league of world club by eighteen or nineteen, that you've no chance of breaking in. That's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's opportunities to go and play, and and Chris has really been a shine. And I think we've all seen him gradually get better every single year, and he's improved and improved to the level now where he's he is seen as being the best number six. I mean, there's an argument to say he should be within the extended international squad. Is he far off what we have in that position now? I don't think it's he amazing is. to think that we're having that discussion from where from where he was. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, does that show as well? And it's certainly partially what Bastian was speaking about earlier that in a full time environment as well, how players can flourish. 
You know, that I'm thinking 20 years ago, Chris Shields, you know, might be training a couple of times a week, working, whatever it might be, may never have yeah. delivered on that ability. You've probably played with lads now. You think about it, if they'd been in that dark environment, how could they have got on? Exactly. And, and I think I remember speaking to Dermot Keating about uh, Chris when he played against him. was Hadjuk Split in a European game a number of years ago. And he said he looked miles off it. Mm. Uh, in the league, he was fine. But, but technically, he has got better because they're training day in, day out. And Dundalk have brought in better players every single year. And everybody is pushing everybody to get better. And uh, he has been an incredible player in the league and a real shining light for anybody who aspires to be the best they can be and can get up to the stage where I think he's not far off the international squad. And just briefly, you mentioned the lads who were at that um, out of... Uh, yeah, training camp. Yeah, seven years ago? It was, yeah, and, and we've been running it every year. It's still, it's still, it's still going. Like, but you're, you're looking at the likes of Brian Garland, like, who's gone on now to, to, to play a leading role in Captain Dundalk. To, and it's only six or seven years ago where he, he had no club. He'd left Monaghan, uh, had gone unpaid. We were representing him at the time. And Brian's been brilliant. It's been absolutely superb. Like, he was at Shells and got a little bit of an opportunity to go to Dundalk, and, and, and the rest is history. So I think there's, for any player in the league, I think there's a huge opportunity if you have the determination, um, the will, the passion, the drive to be a player. I think within our league now, you've got a far better chance. Um, because if you look at our Premier Division last year, eight of the teams were full-time. We only got two part-time teams, which is which was Bray and Bowes. And, and Daniel will tell you, the amount of training that, that Bohemians have done, they're as good as full-time. They're just training at yeah. a later time in the day. Absolutely. Daniel, you, you've been adopted a bit. The Bowes fans have taken <laughs> to you. I think, I think you did say in a TV interview, they love me. I after did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, a, was one of the better post-match interviews we've <laughs> <laughs> Do you still stand by the fact that they love you? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, right, fair enough. I like that. Um, but f- from coming from sort of amateur football, <clears> even <throat> to being involved in that, to like you scored those couple of goals against Cork and live TV. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing all your mates, you know, all people have known you all your life are in touch. What, what sort of buzz has that, has that been for you to just suddenly go from almost nowhere, I guess, yeah. to that in a very short space? Of time? No, it's very good. It's it's a lot of commitment as well because obviously when you're when it's amateur, you're you're not as committed because you, you're only training twice a week and you have your game on the Friday. But with balls. We basically are full-time. I don't believe in part-time because we, we do train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, match Fridays and then Saturdays. The only difference is that we train in the afternoons, basically the nights, mm. and everyone else is in the morning time. Obviously, the full-times I do are probably an extra session here and there, but there's, there's not a lot of difference. And Hopefully, I'd say in the next few years, everyone will be full-time. That, that's that's yeah. what you think needs yeah. to happen? Yeah. Even. yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And hopefully, I'll be full-time myself. It's, I mean, how do you... I mean, personally, it's been a great season. Yeah. Around Bowes, are people still sort of a bit low for the cup semi-final thing because it could have been something, couldn't it? We you were know? so close, yeah. It's just one of those things, isn't it, that we have to just move on. But uh, we were very close. I don't, personally, I don't... Obviously, I'm going to be a bit biased, but I don't think it was a pen, penalty. But we had the chance to go and beat them then, but it's a tough place to go away from home and as suspe- well. And you were suspended yourself, was which was particularly unlucky yeah. with the I got a, I picked up a yellow card. I'm not sure how the real works, but it, yeah. it only comes into effect a week after you get your yellow, which is... Unfortunately, because I got four yellows in the league and one in the cup, and I get suspended for a cup semi final, which is unfortunate. The same with Dan Casey, he's the same. Mm. But uh, I was on four yellows with Bray, believe it or not, and then I got me fifth one with balls. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. It is yeah. very. Now, I, I went down and I watched it. I was in with the fans, and it was when that we got the goal, Morrow's goal, it was the fans just lifted, and it was. I thought we would have got one. We I don't think we've done enough now, but uh, you were in the away section, were you? I was in the away section. Yeah. I think so it was seven. I was sitting behind him. Yeah, you're a big Bowles fan. Yeah, I'm not a Bowles fan. What about the sun? Now you get him in trouble. The biggest, the biggest lift you've had all season is this new jersey, though. Yeah, what do you make of it? I like it now. It's kind of devoid opinion, but 
I think it's, it's very good. It's good marketing as well. It's everyone is talking about it, so it's a win-win situation. I, really. I have to say, like Dan, I think the jerseys are absolutely outrageous. Like, yeah. <laughs> not a fan of it at all. But like, who I cares see, in I a way? I can see like. you wearing it though. Like, it, it is, but I, I guess you have to be. You have to think outside the box sometimes. And I think the, the situation that the league is in, you just have to. You have to. Uh, Bastion, Bastion, Bastion Harry is in, a, in the background. Is, uh, <laughs> Bastion also off air. Give, give a very scathing view of your presenting skills, which is actually my highlight of the season. Yeah. She has, you didn't even know what time the show was coming out at today. I didn't. Even he, even he knew that. Yeah. But um, I'm like, after one week, he's got you sussed, which is pretty impressive. Um, he's gone off in my estimation. But sometimes, like the league is coming from such a low base that you, you sort of have to be creative and, and willing to take a punt on something and. When we're sitting in a situation sometimes when goals are scored on Friday and not seen on TV till Monday and all, all this stuff that's going on, anything that can get people talking about you straight away. I mean, I, I was sort of out for most of yesterday and it was only around 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening I picked up my phone and like typed in Bo's jersey into like, yeah. Twitter and it was like everywhere. Like, everyone was talking about it. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It's better. I mean, we're heading into an off-season now in Ireland where clubs because of our ludicrous off-season, they basically shut the front doors, they shut their businesses for four months, for five months if you're a small club in the first division. I saw Stephen Henderson make that point. So, like, we, we, we talk about sort of, a, sort of aspiring to having a full-time industry in this country, yet we have clubs that don't open their gates for, like, three, four months of the year. So there's no income, there's nothing happening. So you do need this stuff. People, it doesn't like their personal, people, it's not to their personal taste. I don't really care. You know, it's, that's just life, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll just wear clothes out, not looking at you in particular, you know, but they will, they will sort of, they will divide opinion. Let's, let's be honest, and this will be the biggest life. selling short in League of Ireland history. Yeah. Your son wants to buy one straight away. Well, what, what's happened to me at 12 o'clock yesterday at his lunch break to say, Dad, uh, I want that short for Christmas. It's and mad. Was and, there a Dublin City one that, sold, that was in Carroll's? Was yeah, that, because yeah. Carroll's, because of their connection, obviously, they, they have a huge opening I of the people how, who visit know, Dublin. Like. I don't know what sales that actually ended up doing. I yeah. think that was part it of was, the sort of... It was charted at the tourist market because it was yeah. like a kind of a, a Dublin. Dublin. There's a lot of confused lads in like Delaware or somewhere with this Dublin City jersey. Some of the spin-offs of other jerseys like the Westlife lads. Sligo should produce the Westlife one. But the on the Longford one was just like anyone who knows like Declan Nerney this country singer only somewhere like Longford would really embrace someone like Declan Nerney and my mate Ronan Coleman came up with the Longford jersey with Declan Nerney on the side of it, it was I think Sligo should follow through brilliant. and just produce it got such a traction on the may as well just make it Carlo had a spin off limit, one as well limited edition yeah. Carlo had with um, your man Richie Cavanagh Richie Cavanagh yeah, so yeah. Um, I think, anyway. I think Rob Cornwell, from modelling point of view, might get something out of it as well. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, I think nobody, said, nobody speaks about that. He can pick it up for 12 weeks in the winter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that the job you're heading off to? Yeah. Yeah, the joke could be on Bozo. The jersey never actually comes out. And it's like, oh, no, we actually ran into a stumbling block because uh, Bob Marley's well, still that's, in. That would be hilarious. Like. <laughs> I think that would be a win-win situation because the jersey is ridiculous. Like, well, let's it's, be not, it's not that hilarious to end up in court, John. That's not funny yeah, at all. It's more publicity, Dan. More publicity. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm not really going to go down that road. We should actually do last week's results. What? The, what the lads here. <laughs> there were games for people who... Were you at any game down in Oriel Park? Um, I was in Oriel for sort of a, the most one-sided Friday, with the exception, I suppose, the Rovers-Waterford game. We had Bowes winning 5-0 at Bray. Uh, Dundalk beating Sligo 5-0 at home. It could have been many more. Uh, Cork City winning 3-0 away in Derry. Could have been many more, but it sounds about Pats winning 4-0 in Limerick. That sounded like a bit of a horror show as well. And then, yeah, Shamrock Rovers 3, Waterford 1. And then we had the Monday night games. We mentioned John Sullivan with the late winner for Bray against Derry 2-1. And Sligo Rovers 1, Bowes 1. And then the First Division promotion playoff series, that part of it is now over with Finn Harps going through 
uh, 2-0 against Strada. Tim Clancy links strongly with the Shelburne job. Uh, and yeah, Finn Harps, Limerick next week over two legs. So... I've yeah. just come up with it. We have nothing. I mean, yeah. we have games this Friday, but for the last week of the season, we almost have nothing to talk about in terms of the actual matches because there's nothing really at stake other than sort of pride. Got Bastion's playing against Limerick, his old clubs. Yeah. We've got Sligo, Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's Derry, Cork Bray, Bowes and Dock. Bowes and Dock should be a good game, I yeah. guess, to be involved in. But yeah, no, it'll be good. Hopefully I'm okay because of a little yeah. slight niggle on me foot that, that I didn't play there on Monday night, so hopefully I'm okay. I'll try, try trying to. So that is a good, I mean, for all that the games maybe are bit meaningless mm-hmm. uh, still in your position you're playing against the best team in the country exactly, you yeah, want to play in those exactly. games it's and a good experience again against Flandern Dock and obviously we want to go out on high and give the fans what they need yeah. and what they want they deserve something it, it yeah. sounds like it's kind of up in the air where you will be next season though but you wouldn't mind being at Bowes if, if that were to pass and get yourself another bit yeah, of full time because exactly. yeah, you've yeah. limited enough full time football really yes exactly yeah Yeah, and he's Johnny he's been very diplomatic here today he he's, 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 <laughs> listen he's already prepared for the full time career here he's got it all <laughs> and no name Bowes uh, player told me that he was quote unquote a character um, but uh, he's um, he's definitely been that I think but uh, <laughs> I've actually just come across a staggering um, anomaly in the team of the year which I, I think must be nearly unprecedented this is utterly nuts, right? What what what's special about Sean Gannon? Um, the amount of league titles he's won, the amount of times he's been in Team of the Year. Kind of the kind of the latter, Dan. This I've, is this I've is no actually idea. astonishing. He's literally the only player who was on the Team of the Year last year that was on it this year. There's Jared Doherty, um, Nicholas Vimelund, Ryan Delaney, uh, Trevor Clark, Aaron McAniff, McElhenney, Gard Marcy, Macmillan, Murray, Maguire. They're either all gone or they're like, uh, and Gannon was on the team the year before as well. One player on he it was again. On it six times. That's, just, yeah. that's just so unusual. Yeah. Like, cause he's on course to be. Like, Sean Gannon's got a very good chance of becoming the winning most uh, leagues. Leagues. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, there's a pictures going round of him in the Rovers dressing room and the Pats won. And I know in terms of criteria for medals and so on, you can have a debate over it. Yeah. But he's he's I can, he's can have a debate on the Rovers one. I think, but yeah, he's uh, he certainly we've had a discussion with him about it about the potential to be. <laughs> Like he's the, 27, isn't he, yeah, Sean? The, yeah, yeah like if he keeps going to being the, the most <laughs> the most league medals ever by a player, especially in the in the current squad that that he's in. But you're right, Johnny. It, it's, it's very it unusual. Because Dundalk haven't had they haven't had that much of a changeover in staff, like you know. No, obviously neither of Cork actually really like. No, but Hoban and obviously Duffy um, have changed. That Benson was was there last year. Hart has obviously. Um, it is. It, it's very unusual, but it, that's a good thing. Who's uh, the best player in the league? For me, yeah. Um, I, I would say Hoban. Patrick Hoban. I just, I think Johnny, the hardest thing to do in professional football is to score goals, and he's on the verge of getting thirty league goals. Up front, absolutely on his own. incredible. It is incredible, Dan. Um, um, Dan, the other Dan, actually. Yeah, go, the, go, real go Dan, Dan. the real Dan. The real Dan. The real Dan. I'll wait till you go to Bolton. <laughs> uh, I'd probably go with Chris Shields. That's who I get me vote to. Yeah, for just, player of the year. Yeah, because he's just been. Like unbelievable every single game, and I watched him against the Cork game as well down down in Cork, and he's just unbelievable. I know it's a little scrappy goal, but it's just him in a nutshell works works nonstop. And obviously, Hoban gets his goals, but it, I don't think he gets as much goals if it wasn't for Shieldsy. Mm. Yeah, an all round midfielder this season, and yeah. it made Stephen O'Donnell's absence um, almost forgotten about to an exactly, extent. Yeah. Um, but uh, we had a competition, John, yeah. for 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 our uh, tweeters to see if they could guess the eleven. And I'm trying to see did anyone, did get anyone actually get all 11. I'm, uh, I'm having it's, a quite, it's probably quite difficult considering, uh, as you said. A lot of people, I saw, I saw a couple of people last night because I was aware of the team last night and they had 10 out of 11 
a couple, I see Brian, Kevin, and a few people, they had Watts instead of Benson, which was which the one. one. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty accurate. Did they have Supple in goals? Yeah, a few people had Gary Rogers in goals. I think we might have one correct. I'm just, <coughs> see, a people, few people had Graham Burke as well, which I should mention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Graham Burke was, I mean, Maguire got in it last year. He did, yeah. And he left at the, at the same time. I'd have had Graham Burke over Sadler, I think, um, because I, I just think Sadler has, well, he wasn't even playing a lot of the time because of whatever was going on in Cork. I think his appearances are still 22, player, like. though. I still think he's got 22 appearances mm. and he's in double figures on goal, so... Yeah, fair enough. I suppose he's taken quite a few penalties. But he's a smashing player. Like I just um, I just think Cork will look back and say, this is a season that we just haven't maybe... haven't built on last season. We have a winner. We have, uh, <laughs> we have a winner. We have James, who's at Gooders Gold 1, looks to be in, based in Cork. Yeah, Supple, Gannon, Horm, Lachlan, Leahy, Benson, Shields, Ari, Duffy... Hoban and Sadlier that would Very be that would yeah. be the 11 that's so it's two FBI Cup final mm-hmm. tickets coming your way <coughs> if anyone else has got the has got that and I've forgotten to mention you I'll probably get you two tickets as well. Ha- happy days. <laughs> we're da- we're da- <laughs> we'll see. Well, hopefully the FBI have got a, a radical plan to, to get... I th- in fairness, the FBI have actually done the thing this year, I must say, in terms of clubs, that they've, they've, they've shut down football on the day. And I think there is... Uh, promotions there for schoolboy tickets and kids, I think, and stuff. Yeah, I which think I think is a very good initiative. Yeah. It's something that yeah. uh, we've we've slated them on here before about that. I think it's important to recognise that. I've spoken to them. I think there's been a reasonable take up. You would yeah. hope in the next week there'll be a. Bit Are you going to go, Daniel? I will be. Yeah, because yeah, one of my friends is go actually the, co- co- the girl. Uh, Nave Barnes is on before in the women's. Oh, class. oh very good. Yeah, yeah so that's, she's on before. So Are you going to go to the cup final? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be back in France. Bastian's going to be back in France. It's probably understandable, really, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, it's getting Pro- a bit cold here, as you find out. <laughs> oh, it's been very cold. Viva is always cold. Yeah, I, I yeah. think as well with the cup final as well, I, th- I think if you're a neutral as well, I think people wanted to see Bowes go to the final. Oh, I think we've had yeah, a hell of a lot of, of totally. the two teams. Um, that's it. Love that here. Yeah, no, <laughs> but that said, it's still an intriguing and it's still the two best teams in the country. I think it's undeniable that the two best teams in the country. I just think somebody else getting to the final would have just added maybe a little bit from a neutral point of view that you might have got Listen, I, I completely agree. I, I think the only good thing is that Cork have actually picked up in the last couple have, of weeks yeah, I, unfortunately from your perspective Dan like this, mm. it's almost like they've used that penalty mm. let yes. off yes. As, like they were, they were they were good in the replay they sort of squeezed you really yeah. that first hour they were back to themselves yeah. and uh, I mean they've gone and won in Derry and all of a sudden whoever's going and whoever's staying he seems like he's pulled them together even yeah. if it's a short term yeah. it's a short term fling with some of them uh, you know McNamee scoring last week and so on they're going to make it competitive like if you, like on the base of Turner's Cross the dock won so handy down in Turner's Cross and you mm-hmm. thought oh no this is going to be bad but I actually think We'll discuss the game in more detail next you week. Know the well, that's going to be well, a cracker. Um, well, I don't know, but if, cracker if, maybe is the wrong word because <laughs> Cork to succeed probably need it not to be a cracker. They need yeah. to be more of a battle, but mm-hmm. it'll be competitive. If, 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 if results go a certain way, Derry could finish in the bottom three uh, after this season, which is after the Bray loss, just, you're just wondering where they're going. But congratulations to their neighbours, Finn Harps. Um, Paddy McCourt has two more games as a professional player. He's been tweeting about the the fear, and it must be you obviously remember that fear of knowing like it's nearly up. Yeah, um, I've played in the playoff game as well uh, when I was at home for him. We played at Lone, and it's a nerve wracking game. Mm. Um, and the way Limerick um, have gone and their season has gone, 
they probably, uh, you think we'd rest a lot of the players this weekend in the final league game, heading into that game. And uh, I, I, I think it's a huge ask for Limerick to lift themselves. When you lose so many games, to suddenly turn it around, it tends to be the team with momentum. Is I the totally team agree. I, I really <coughs> fancy Harps, but um, on, on home farm, I was up at Whitehall for the Cork game there. What a lovely little ground it is now. I hadn't been there in years. I used to live beside the pitch was in unbelievable, Nick. Lovely yeah. bar. I was One there. of the best points again. Yeah, I, was there, I, I was there myself, and I've been yeah. there quite a bit because Ollie Cattle, who, who works with he me, was playing, the, yeah. uh, Ollie's still playing, playing and still playing. Yeah, he lost Mac to me for one of the goals actually yeah, yeah. Uh, and which I, th- I think every broadcaster just wanted to say and there's the 42 year old Ali yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but look it, it, as you said it's a great club great little ground but I, I do think that um, Limerick it will be a huge ask I, I think it's in the players to turn in two performances potentially but Harps are on such a run um, and Ali Horgan has, has done a fantastic I, I job I also just wonder for Limerick would, whether they would be better off going down at the moment because at least they could just stabilise things and mm. in any event uh, best of luck to both clubs and uh, congratulations to everyone who got on the team of the year and is obviously nominated and the winner will be announced for the various um, we look forward to seeing you there on the night November the 10th Johnny it? might be doing a Roman mic <laughs> on the night we'll see how yeah I think I'm going to do it now I, I, I actually I, I was a bit I've, I've, my niece is getting christened the following day and uh, I'm her godfather so it's quite early so I have to go down to Galway so I want to be in reasonable shape for that but um, I was actually inspired by your passionate defence of the awards there in, in view of the FEI's kind of snob um, so I was like ah, I'll, I'll go along yeah I mean <laughs> interesting insight into your self regard there he's like well, the FEI are going to snub it Johnny Ward can't <laughs> no well I, nah, uh, yeah anyway. <laughs> just I have to get up early the next morning because the last time Anise of mine got christened it was after Galway United played Chels in the playoff at Talca Park and uh, my father actually had words with me the following morning. It was that bad. Like he mm. said, basically, you're 33 years of age, whatever. You're, no, at 30 years of age, you're a holy disgrace. Like, I'm sure um, you can control yourself in yeah. the Marker Hotel. At the um, price of the drinks there, should be able to control yourself. Dan, any game for you at the weekend? I'm um, going to be in Daily Mount. I'm off for a few days. I'm going to go to Daily Mount, though, I think, on Friday to, to see. Dan, for the last time, maybe playing for <laughs> yeah. Bowes. Yeah, well, who, who knows? knows? He, now, listen, he's, he's the old media train self is kicking <laughs> in now. That's why I'm sitting beside him. Who's <laughs> <laughs> manager of Bolton at the moment, in uh, uh, is Anyone else? Phil Parkinson. Phil Parkinson. I need a Google it before we come in. The, t- <laughs> the two Dan's. Um, we will be back next week, and then I think what we've. Well, we're, we're looking ahead to the. We'll look ahead to the cup final next week. Only we'll two, maybe two shows left. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but anyway, thanks very much for listening, and thanks again, Stephen. Much appreciated for well, it's been great, great you. to have you on, and great to reveal the team on this as well. And, uh, and best of luck to Chris Shields and uh, thanks to Bastian for coming in as well. Yeah, and we shall uh, talk to you next week. But there are limits to your life.